0: Welcome to the Wedding Sassholes, your no BS wedding business podcast. We're here to real talk you through the common F-ups that we see companies making
1: and the practical strategies you can implement today. This month's topic is wedding shows and showcases. And in this episode, you'll learn pro tips from the country's largest show producer,
0: Ms. Lorette Varis of Bridal Extravaganza out of Houston, Texas. (laughs) How are
1: you? We, (laughs) We are your hosts.
0: I'm Shannon Tarrant.
1: I'm Vanessa Negron.
0: And welcome to The Shit Show. Episode
1: number nine of The Wedding Sassholes.
0: I am going to say it that way every single time I say it. It's never (laughs) not going to be the bridal extravaganza. So we are excited. It is that time of the month that we are doing our interview episode and a warm sasshole welcome to Lorette. And she's the editor-in-chief of The Bridal Extravaganza Show, the producer of Houston's largest bridal show and texas wedding magazine and she has 17 other things to her name but we're just going to focus on those today (laughs)
1: okay happy to be here thanks for having me of course thank you for being here uh we will be switching up the format from what you expect of a normal interview this woman is the best there is in the u.s and we want to make sure we get as many tips out of her in this limited time that we have so let's get started
0: Well, we have been talking this month about all things wedding shows, showcases. Why, Lorette, do you think that wedding shows should still be a part of a Wedding Pros marketing plan?
2: Well, first of all, I I think there is absolutely no better way to get your product to the end user. And you can have a website, you can put ads in magazines, you can do so much, but what you can't do is see their reaction. You can't watch what they think. And I tell people, you know, you're going to know in 30 minutes whether you've got the right price, whether you've got the right product. You can, re- you can see how the customer responds to you, and then you can pivot if you need to. You put an ad in a magazine. It's there for six months. If it's the wrong message and nobody calls you, you never knew why, and you've lost six months. So, I mean, I don't think that they should just be a piece. I think they should be the most important piece of what you do. And especially if you're making a change, if you're launching a new product, if you're coming out with any kind of new offering, that is the best place to do it, to find out right away whether it's right or
0: wrong. That was an ass kicker already, because (laughs) I never thought about using a show to test new concept, new product, or see if there's interest. I mean, why? I mean, but isn't it
1: so obvious? I mean, now that you've said it. it, I mean, now that you've said it, it's obvious, but was it obvious before? No. (laughs) (laughs) I love the first person reaction, how she says that though. Like you see it firsthand. Like you see their expressions. You can read them. I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because
0: with social media posts and things like that, you don't know if they're resonating or not resonating. And, um, I think that as a salesperson, when I worked at a venue, I, used to love just saying how much it would cost, but in front of them, because then you could, or even it, at the worst on the phone. Cause I could hear them be like, oh, like I could hear the freak out right. moment right. and shows are good for that opportunity to see if it's the right fit.
1: I love that. Well, that's why I prefer people calling me over sending me an email because I can hear their tone and I can feel them out better. I love that.
2: And I'll, I'll say one follow-up thing: a website. You know how detailed we can get in websites, right? Right? We can track they 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 clicked here and then they went here and but but when they stopped, we don't know why. We don't yeah. know what on that screen made them just go away. And mm-hmm. so, although websites will give you more information, not as much as a show can, and 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 quickly, quickly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a fast way to see if the price point is where they need it to be or not where they need it to be. And and yeah, it is. I mean, I think all the marketing in general, ideally is to get to your ideal client and to a face-to-face. I mean, I'm a little bit older of a vendor than Vanessa is. And so- Not
1: that much older. It is,
0: but I've been doing it long enough that I think I resonate more with the people in our industry who've been around a long time and are like, I just want them to talk to me. I just want them to do a meeting. And if you're that vendor, the wedding show, a wedding show is the opportunity to do little mini meetings.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Most important thing is to get in front of them and get the appointment, right? Why not do it right at the show? Yeah. So, Miss Lorette, this month, we've talked about um, being creative in the booth itself. Can you give us one of the coolest, most unique things that you've ever seen in a booth that just really stood out to you?
2: Yes. So... If you are if you've been around the, the event industry of enough, you've probably seen this, but it was about eight years ago now. So I hadn't seen it yet. When they literally came with the tressing, came down from the ceiling and suspended the girl. And she was really an acrobat, is what she was. And she would spin all around and you know, she had a big hoop, and then she would pour champagne. And they oh. did that in the center of the aisle as you were walking by. And actually, when they told me they wanted to do it of course, like, yeah, this is amazing. Everybody will want to see it. And what we did is we made it a special offering for the VIP brides. So Uh it was, she was always there, but she was only pouring champagne for the VIP brides. So that made it very special. It made, it created a huge spectacle, which is, you know, sometimes a good goal. You know, if you, if you can manage a spectacle and you can um, convert a spectacle and make money out of a spectacle, a spectacle is a great thing to do if you can do it. So that was probably my favorite.
0: I think that's, that's so cool, cool, too, because you can, even as a non-spectacle booth person, figure out and take away from that, that it's it was about the level of interactivity. It was a right. way to showcase what they do, but it became interactive for the people attending. They got to feel like they were a part of it rather than just looking at it because it wasn't just an acrobat. It was them pouring and doing and conversing with. And I'll say this to
2: you. You could Google unique ways to pour champagne. Maybe that would come out, maybe it wouldn't, right? But I don't know that you would say an acrobatic girl in a circular thing, elevated, pouring champagne. Like, you know, you just wouldn't. So it it was certainly unexpected and something that you would think, wow, like I never thought of that on my own. And I think that's a lot of times what you can get at a show. The creativity that you see spurs your idea and it's just something you wouldn't have known to look for. So-
1: It's not the top pin on Pinterest.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure it was after
1: the show, but no, Uh, after the
0: show, yeah, that sounds amazing. Do you, so you have done a lot of shows over the years, a lot of them. Where do you think some of the vendors fall short when it comes to they participate? Um, You know, what are some of the ways or top way that you think that is missing? What's the missing piece why they didn't make it successful?
2: This is probably the number one that I hear. They get too excited about their decor. For instance, I'm a wedding planner, but I am going to order the most beautiful cake and the most beautiful bouquet. And at the end, I don't even have a sign that says wedding planner. And at the end of the show, they say, you know, nobody knew what I did. And so my advice is always, you know, people are walking, they're walking quite fast, perhaps past your booth. They have to know in an instant what you do. Don't be, I mean, it's great to be that wow. It's great to pour champagne. I, I did love that. But the other side of that is if you go so crazy that nobody talks to you about wedding planning and you book no wedding planning gigs, you know, you won't be back even though you loved offering the interactivity. So that's probably the number one thing that I tell people. I would like to see very basic signage saying what you do. And that big flower is not going to matter, and that big cakes, and then and then they're they're also annoyed. I spent more time answering questions about that bouquet, like how much would that cost, and you know, and and yes, she knows because she's a planner, but she's here to book planning. So that's probably my number one: is be simple and to the point and direct. This is what I do. We
0: talked about this a little bit in the in the booth episode. Is that how many times? And we just got back from wedding MBA, so outside of wedding shows, it's always the opportunity to look around at the booths. I like to go to like other things to get ideas, not just our traditional wedding shows. And it is a constant. But what do you do? Like, what do you actually do? And as somebody who worked at a venue, it was hard sometimes. Like Vanessa does cakes and desserts. I mean, it's pretty clear. I put out some cakes, and it's all it boots full of cakes. It is
1: from mine, but from especially but- the planning standpoint. Planning
0: and venue, I think are probably the two hardest because I would put up all of these like canvases and this amazing display of empty rooms, like almost no people, which doesn't always sell as good as, but, or I'd start and they'd think I was a photographer because I printed Mm -hmm. so many canvases or, (laughs) you know, we would, a lot of the venues will set up a table and I'm like, you're not selling table decor, like you're selling space. And so it is hard or it would be the most amazing looking booth, super clear what they do, but their name was nowhere to be found like mm-hmm. they didn't have signage with their name on it. And again, that's something else
2: that seems so obvious, right? But and also I yeah. think you can just you can overthink it and I think that's what they do. They just overthink it. And you know, not to not to call anybody out, they're all creative. This is their industry. They see beautiful things every weekend. It's it's their nature, right? It's what they want to do. And I think that we have to be reminded this is not a wedding. This is not, you know, your masterpiece this is your, your marketing, your marketing, your business. And, and you've, you know, I hate, you know, keep it simple, stupid. Like, you know, they taught us that my years ago saying. for a reason. <laughs> literally Vanessa's favorite saying.
1: That is literally my favorite saying. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. I say it all the time. Like don't overcomplicate it. Just keep it simple. Make it great. Do quality over quantity. Just keep it simple, stupid. I say it constantly. That's hilarious.
0: I would like to say that as somebody who participates in a lot of shows, I will tell you that the biggest fail I see is that the people who pay for a booth don't tap the show producer for their input and their idea. And I know the show producer's job isn't maybe to design my booth or to whatever, but I feel like if you've already paid for a booth and you stop me if I'm wrong, and maybe I'm wrong in your world because you sell humongous (laughs) shows and 9 million. But if I were to say, not so much design my piece, but hey, here's, I've, this is the first time I've done it, or whatever. What are the five things to not miss, or whatever? I think that they don't take the time to listen or read or look at the resources that the show producers provide them to that are set up for them to be successful.
2: That could be true. And if that's true, I would say maybe there's one show a year or two shows a year. You do so many other things. You know, like if the show was every single weekend, right? Or if the show was every single yeah. month, maybe they would give it more credence. I I don't know how to answer that. I will say we have a mastermind. It's a seven week program. It is free to all of our vendors. Um, but I'll say 30% attend and the 30% that do rock it because we really go through everything. And then we also go through follow up, you know, what are you doing after the show? And we even do our final mastermind is actually a one-on-one coaching where we're like, okay, what are you going to say when people walk up? And we worked on this earlier in the, in the mastermind, right? Like they're supposed to have worked on it. So go ahead and say it. Okay. All right. Hmm. What is the bride and couple going to say to that? And we've tried to work through it, but you know, you can, you know, again, I, Vanessa, do you always say you can lead a horse to water? Do you say that to <laughs> I don't say that one. Okay.
1: I might throw it in my response <laughs>
2: Cause, Cause we have videos and now we have the mastermind yeah. and I just feel like um, from my side, I'm doing everything I possibly can because I know how much this can work for you. And you don't have to try that hard, right? There's just a few right. great things you need to do. And this, this can really work for you. And I have a great story. Brand new photographer, first time. I want to say she said she booked 35 weddings. And wow. I'm like, you know, of course you did. A, you attended our mastermind. B, your booth was adorable. Mm C, you were so engaging. I heard you. I mean, the way you spoke, I mean, the way you spoke to those brides, I would have hired you on the spot too. Like you just, you had the whole package. If you can come there and have the whole package, I mean, you can really build a a very strong business.
1: I've I've never heard of any other, and forgive me for not doing a lot of the big shows, but I've never heard of anybody doing the mastermind thing. That's no. So can you tell me more about that? Because I've never heard of any of the other show producers or any of the area in our area specifically that have done that. How long is it? When do you send that out? Like, can you give us more detail on that?
2: So it's a seven week program. Last year, it was all virtual. So this year, we're going to do one new thing where the first one's going to be a kickoff. It's going to be a luncheon. And there we will go over what the seven weeks are going to look like, What's your strategy? What's your booth decor? Who's working the booth? What is their script? What are you going to do? Like, how are you gathering your leads? We do use an online lead system. We talk about that. Then once you have those leads, where do they go? Is there an email system? You know, what happens? And we walk them through the whole process. So, and each one's about an hour. Um, we do leave about 15 minutes for Q and a, it's all recorded. So they can watch it later. So the format will be the first one is a luncheon and all the rest are zoom meetings on Monday at five o'clock. So and, this and this is free. And this is free. And I, you know, I, I thought about, you know, but again, do you all also say this, that nobody, um, what do they say? The, um, the no transformation value. is in the transaction. Yes. So mm-hmm. like, if I don't, if I don't charge for this mastermind, they won't take it seriously. I'll say that wasn't my experience. And maybe it's yeah. because they have already made a transaction with me. Yeah, right? they have they've already purchased the, the transaction. Booth, right. And um the people that came were eager. A lot of them were new and I which you know makes sense. And they just, you know, they looked at this as an important thing and it was just another resource that we offered. So yes, thank you for noticing that it's unique. And yes, we did just start that, you know, it kind of was born out of COVID. Yeah. You know, like we weren't well, I wasn't doing Zoom three years ago. I don't know if I had even heard of it, <laughs> right? So <laughs>
0: I know. I tried to get everybody to zoom and nobody would. So
1: uh, You were no. just ahead of the
0: curve. I don't like
2: it. The uh, visionary.
1: No. I've, I just, I'd never heard of that before. So I just wanted to know a little bit more about it. Cause I mean, with some of our listeners, they are other show producers. And I think that might be something that they might want to tap into as well, just as a suggestion for them. And don't
0: you think though, that uh, I love the fact that the majority of people who are attending are the new ones, because they're like, I spent this money. I invested it. I want it to be successful. I think the people who need it the most are the people who've been doing shows for so long. Well,
1: because those people just are so
0: set in their ways. They're, yes. And the yeah. couples attending, I'm not sure about in your market, Lorette, but in our market, it's it's been such a big change. Like originally five years ago, you would have told me that, oh, everybody's coming for the giveaways and the freebies. And I would have said the majority of them are interested in that. In today's market, I have a lobby booth at all the shows we do. And it's a, I'm shocked at the majority how many of them I would estimate making up numbers about half who they don't come for that reason. So once they're done walking around, they're done and they leave, they don't stay just for the free stuff.
2: Well, okay. See, that's funny. Then that would be a change between like a smaller show and a larger show. Yeah. We've never done our surprises that way because our show is so long and over two days. So you never had to be present to win. Right. And um, I always thought, you know, I'd hear that, and I'll say that I haven't heard that as much from vendors. Like, oh, people are just here for freebies. Yeah. But so when I used to hear that, I would say, listen, my richest friends are the ones who want to win free things. I mean, Me everybody wants to win. And this is your time. This is exciting. It's all about you. And, and to, to top it off, if you win a prize, like, I get that. So the one thing that I that we do that I don't see a lot of other people do that I think is paramount, I define a prize as something that anybody could win. So let's pretend that my name's Lorette and I'm getting married in Hawaii tomorrow. So don't offer me a wedding cake that I have to use in Houston, right? Don't offer me 10% off a gown. I already have my gown, my cake's in Hawaii. A real prize to me is something. So I try to make them like a gift pack to a salon, a gift card, a honeymoon. Cause even if I've already booked my honeymoon, I'll take two. Yeah, right? I'll take so, a vacation. Yeah. I think that that's been one of our keys to our success is that we have a lot of great prizes that are truly prizes. Because to me, a discount is not a prize. Now, at your booth, if you'd like to offer a discount, go ahead. But as a major prize that like the show produces and the show sponsors, all of our prizes are not discounts.
0: Yeah, I I love that. I do think that if people aren't coming for the, they're not. I don't know. They're not coming for that as the reason. Of course, there's people, but I'm with you. I'm I'm the coupon queen in my world. So any kind of discount off, I don't I don't step foot in bed, bath and beyond without my
1: pocket but full that, of coupons. That would be something that you handed out at your booth, not that you offered up as a prize. That yeah. Would be, I think that sounds right. tacky if you offer right. that up as a prize.
0: A little, tacky.
1: It's tacky. I like the tacky. tacky.
0: <laughs> well, Vanessa and I both think that when people participate in things and you spend your money somewhere, we're both big fans of leveling it up more because like, if I'm going to be there, how do I do more, participate more? How can I make it more? And so- How do I stand
1: out? How do I get in front of more people? Yes.
0: Yes. So what are creative ways that maybe you've seen people either sponsor something or whatever within a wedding show environment, an expo that worked well?
2: You know, our most popular area of the show is the fashion show. And I've heard this debated back and forth, like what if they already have their gown? Or the way I look at it though, is how many people have actually attended a fashion show in their life? Unless you're some, you know, Instagram influencer, you probably haven't. So this is their first time. So I seem to get the most traction at the fashion show. Like they'll want their logos up on the stage beforehand. They'll want their um, a video playing on the stage while people are arriving. We usually offer the opportunity for live music. So if we have any musicians in the show, if we have any dancers in the show, so we, we allow a lot of people time on our stage. And that is an upgraded sponsorship that they love. And then it's something we video everything, right? So, of course, we have content after the show that, you know, we can use for our follow-ups. But that's probably been our most sought after. And then we toss prizes into the crowd after the show as well. So there's a way that you can participate by giving us a prize. And again, and I, I still have these debates, a discount is not a prize. But, you know, as long as it's a real prize, we write it up as a certificate. And the couples get it. And the certificate drives you back to the booth. So we have a lot of people going to the fashion show and people going back to the booths, people going to the fashion show, people going back to the booths. And we'll have five fashion shows a day, maybe seven. So there's, you know, there's a lot going on. And I like to say it's like Fashion Week in New York, but in Houston. And then we also launched a seminar and I was against it. I was against a seminar because I felt like girls are not, couples are not coming to a show to sit down and be educated. And I was wrong. I was wrong. Um, so that is a really good thing that I offer to you know just certain vendors as an elevated opportunity it's category exclusive meaning there can be only one cake there can be only one DJ and i I would have to say what I what I see now is they are definitely looked at as experts and they are definitely then, sought after more. And one lady in particular says she because I can't tell you how many places like I don't know where I was and oh my gosh, you're Miss Lori. Miss Lori, I saw you on stage. I saw you on stage. it's just like, wow. You know, they remember yeah. that because of course I choose like, really good people. Like you can't just do the sponsorship. You also have to be able to deliver. Right. Yeah. So that's part of it. Yeah. So yeah we now have a seminar and it's going really well and I how we bill it as sit down with these experts early in the day. Before you experience the show, before you walk the floor, we're trying to help educate you so that you're more educated. You're a more educated shopper as you're there with us enjoying the show. And that's gone really, really well too.
1: Yeah. Then they know the questions to ask when they get there. Right. And that's what we're trying
2: to arm them with.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah. I think that um,
0: our show producers don't do anything like that, but I think <laughs> there's a way, though, that as somebody participating in a show, maybe you could even pitch the, maybe there isn't the space, they don't want to pay for the extra room, and I know you have a two-day show, so maybe there's a little more time there than when we have like a four-hour bump of a there's only so much time um, in terms of doing it a show but I love the idea of the seminar and teaching couples but I think you could even do it webinar style
2: like, like before the show or after the show
0: yeah I mean I think there could I've be an opportunity there just from a place of I'm just trying to think like in our market and every market so different and we brought you here because you're the biggest the baddest the best and you've tested it all but how do you tie that into something that maybe doesn't have that space or opportunity but I mean, maybe it's the pre show, how to get ready for a show and what to the cake people to talk to beforehand if it's a one day show. Mm-hmm.
1: Do you like yeah. do you like spotlights? Well, and do you I think spotlights just, per category. We have yep. so
2: many more opportunities now with Zoom. We really yeah. do. And you know, and sometimes I don't think of that. I've thought of your idea and frankly, just haven't tested it yet, Yeah. you know, but, but that is a good idea. We, we have mentioned it, or we've talked about doing like maybe after the show, just a call in like five o'clock on Monday, all the brides can call with their questions and just kind of help them field because I would have to say like, we haven't addressed this yet, but from a couple's perspective, no matter how much research I do, and it's been over our show has been running for 39 years. I mean, I haven't been here for all 39 years, but the research has not changed the number one thing that couples say is that they're overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And what I like to point out is you were overwhelmed before you came to the show. You're overwhelmed after the show. The show didn't overwhelm you, but they say it. They say the show overwhelmed me, right? No being engaged is overwhelming. overwhelming. So anything we can do to, we'll never take away the overwhelm, but if we can help diminish it, help manage it in any way, we've won. And then we've become an ally for that couple. And we really do, after 39 years, we have rabid fans, rabid fans. And when I am anywhere and I say what I do, it's always like, I went there, I went there. I mean, you know, it's hard to find a, a girl who did not use us. And they, and they, I can't say, well, I guess they know who I am, right? So they're not going to say I hated it, but I mean, I always, (laughs) I always hear such great stories. I went there and I loved it. And oh my gosh, I found my photographer. We had so much fun. Okay. Greatest email ever. This lady sends in, I wasn't going to go. And at the last minute, my daughter bought tickets. I never thought that I would ride a mechanical bull and drink champagne (laughs) and taste cake and take photo booth pictures on the same day. It was like the best day of my life. Because that was the one year we had this mechanical bull that a vendor brought, actually. And what they did, Facebook had just come out. So you could ride the mechanical bull for free. And you could only see your picture of yourself riding the bull if you liked
1: them. And uh, so like they had it kind of hidden on their faces awesome. only for like yeah. their likes.
2: Mm-hmm. So that that's was great. I forgot idea. about that one show right now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's a great idea. That perhaps okay. could be
2: only in Texas, where you could easily locate a mechanical <laughs> yeah. that you might need, or
0: or
1: that a riding bull is normal to have.
0: <laughs> Ours might be more pet the alligator in Florida, but I feel like there's, there's opportunity there. Oh my
1: gosh! <laughs> Gatorland
0: to bring out an alligator or something like that. <laughs> bring out
1: some alligators. Some oh, I remember stuff. once Sea uh,
0: SeaWorld had a booth at one of the wedding shows, and they brought a penguin. That's a line. A, Really? Oh my God. It was like pet the penguin and the line of people wanting to pet the penguin and make it more experiential in anything you do in the booth makes it. I think it's easier. Sorry, food people, Vanessa. It's easier when you have food. But <laughs> one of the things, so I'm gonna ask you this question, Lorette. Maybe Vanessa, you weren't gonna ask it. Um Sometimes I hear from the cake people, it's hard to feed thousands of people. And then Vanessa was speaking to one of the show producers from BSPI mm-hmm. um, when we were in Vegas. And he was like, Oh, our cake people only bring out display cakes. They don't bring samples. And we were both like, What? That is was mind blowing to me.
1: I was like, That's an option. I've never, I've never done that or even been asked that before.
2: So ours is about 50 50. And I mean, certainly I've spoken to every single one of them because I would love everybody to have cake samples because I just think it's fun. This is what I've heard. Uh, for the people that give the sample, they say it totally works. It drives traffic to my booth. I believe in my product. My product is delicious. I've heard couples say, I tasted three cakes at your show. I went back and booked the one I liked best. Like they're done. But you, know, the other side of that argument is I want them in my store. I want to sit down. I want to create the environment. I want them to sample when I've Um, been in control of my samples, right? You know, know, moving things down to a convention center, you know, like, you know, that that can be difficult.
0: Yep. And Mm -hmm. I don't
2: feel that just a little tiny piece that's not pretty, right? Because, you know, you have to put them in those little plastic, you know, um, is a true representation of my product. So I hear both. And I feel like the people that give the samples keep giving the samples. So, I mean, it's obviously working for them. And I always feel like the people that don't give samples just don't know what they're missing, but they're still doing well enough, I guess. Clearly, right. Right, because yeah, they come because back they every bad. show. So it, yeah, that's that's both sides of that coin.
1: It first Firsthand experience as the cake person is I have been to shows where they came by for a sample, they tasted it, it they went to another for a sample, came back to our booth and was like, Yours was so much better. So it's for me. I bring the samples because I do want that wow factor. There's nothing better than being at your booth and someone saying, "We had the same flavor at a different place, and yours was so much better." So we're back here with you. You're like, yeah, yeah. Just when the just when that gentleman told me, I think he was from California, if I remember correctly, he said that was the norm. Is they don't bring samples; they just bring displays. I, my heart like hurt. It like sunk. I was like, wait, what? They don't bring anything for the clients to try. They just show them a display and say, you have to come see me at my store now. Like that, it just didn't make sense to me. For us, because
2: we have such a large crowd, you know, that can be a lot of samples. So I even tell people, listen, if this is your first show and you're worried about that, why don't you just say, I'll have samples from two to four, Mm -hmm. come by it from two to four, you know, manage the expectation. And usually they say, no. I don't want to miss, you know, I don't want that girl that came at one not to have my cake. And I rarely see people take me up on that. They usually just, if they're in, they're all in and they're just going to bring enough.
1: No, I agree. I'm, I'm the vendor that always makes too much because I'm terrified of running out. Like it's, it's a big fear of mine to be a food vendor and run out of food at an event. (laughs) So for me, and we've talked about this on previous episodes, I always make too much. And then afterwards I give the rest out to the other vendors at the show. Like as they're cleaning up, I'll say, Hey, we have leftover. And I always (laughs) bring multiple, excuse me. I bring multiple flavors. So I'll bring a tray around with the different flavors and give it to the vendors. So, I mean, it is extras, but I then get to meet people. I didn't get to meet during the show. I think that's great. I mean, I think,
2: and that's a good point that I always try to say people to people, the couples are why you're here. But networking with the other vendors, these are vendors who have taken their time, spent money with the show, built a beautiful booth. You know, they're not fly by night. Like, they're they're stable. I would highly recommend them. And, the, you know, networking with them is, is equally important.
1: Mm-hmm. Well,
0: it's, it seems like Vanessa and I know what we're fucking talking about because we've said the same <laughs> thing, three episodes running that you need to be networking with the other people <laughs> who are at the shows because it is super key. It's a, it's a huge missed opportunity, I think. And we push really hard when you do the big expos to get there early and set up early so that you have the time to mm-hmm. invest in those conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think and people so. will remember that. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. My my secret is I bring snacks around at about mm. that hour left window when everybody's over it. I have like a salty box and a sweet box. And I just kind of walk around the booth and who's not talking to people, I'm like, want a snack? And they're like, oh my God, yes. Except last show, somebody was like, Do you have water? And I was like, hey, asshole, I brought you snacks. Figure <laughs> <laughs> out your own beverage. I feel like I already did my part. Come on. Okay.
2: Do you want to hear something else that I did that I thought was pretty innovative? Yeah. And, and, um, and it was before COVID. So like, it worked really well. And then I kind of paused it. And then I'm still like, under debate of what I would like to do. Um, I think being in the show business a long, I mean, almost 30 years now, it is not, not unique to any show. It's every show in the world. That last half hour hurts you, because there's not as many people it was there before. You're thinking, oh, my gosh, it's going to be really crowded trying to get out of here. I want to go to dinner. You know, I made my numbers. I met a bunch of people. I'm done. I have my leads. Or this didn't work for me. I'm leaving the wedding industry. Goodbye. Either way, right. those last 30 minutes are awful. Awesome. So uh-huh. I came out with a customer appreciation event. It was on the on the show floor. And I did have to order, unfortunately, the caterer. I shouldn't say that. In case my building is listening, I love my building. But, you know, city catering isn't the best thing that you want to have to order, you know, from a big convention center. But I did order from them, you know, tried my best to do, like, things that I thought were cute and had an open bar for an hour. And I said, hey, instead of totally stressing out, trying to pack up and everybody's running to the door, everybody's trying to get to their car, come by, relax with us. And it was you know, very well received. And then of course, when COVID hit, we had to close. And when we reopened, we were trying our best to not do any additional opportunities to gather, if that makes sense, right? So there wasn't going to be another little cocktail party on the trade show floor in 2021. You know, there just wasn't. So but that was really well received. And it was the perfect time. Like if you had extra cake, you could bring it. You met people that maybe your booth wasn't near them. And so you never met them. And I have seen so many relationships come out of that. Because again, I think those are the people who care. Like usually the business owner is like, I will chill out and have some chips and queso with you. Like I don't need to be fighting with, but you know, when you've got your larger corporate companies who are paying union workers, they want them packed up and out of there because that is money. Usually Sunday move out is overtime. Right. So they're on, they're on a schedule. I say, let them, let them fight for the door. Let's all connect. So that's something cool that we, that we've done as well.
0: And I think anybody who stays back would be the person who wants to build those relationships. And Vanessa and I have both learned that it's about quality. It's never about quantity. It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter if there's only 20 people left. Out of those 20 people, you could build a bomb-ass referral relationship. Yeah.
1: Agreed. We're really big on vendor relationships around here.
0: Yeah.
2: I mean, that's something i really push, And, you know, we've been pushing for so long. Yeah. Especially, you know, we were around when there was no internet, when there was no social
0: media. That was mainly the way you met people was the show. I know we we talked about that when we started the first episode. I was like, I have been around since this was the only option. Like wedding (laughs) shows were it, like it was the biggest piece of your mind. It was it. You could do magazines or wedding shows or maybe referrals. And those were the only three ways to market a wedding business. And now there's lots of opportunity, but this should definitely be one of them.
1: Should be on the top of the list. All right, last question, Vanessa. Ask her the last question. We're at the end of the show. Mm -hmm. The show is now over. Now what? So what are are the top three tips for success after a show that you would suggest for vendors?
2: Okay, I would have already made my follow-up plan. Do not think you're going to make it at five o'clock on Sunday when you're dead tired right Good point. so you are coming with all these leads what are you planning to do with them are you calling them are you texting them are you emailing them if you are what is the offer are you trying to get them in for a meeting are you trying to get them to go to your website and set up a calendar like what are you trying to get them to do and that's what you need to try to get them to do as soon as possible i don't think it's a bad idea to maybe to take monday off i get it that you're tired if you don't have a staff but if you can possibly have someone in there monday ready to work those leads I've heard it again and again, and mainly from the couples, how many people don't get back to them. So if you just have a plan to follow up, you will be ahead of probably 80% of the people. I hate to say that. It's a horrible truth, but it is. So I'd already have my plan. I'd have my text, my email, and my script for the phone written. And then I'd really have about the next two weeks pretty wide open to try to get as many people in as you possibly can and get them moving in the process early. If that's appropriate. Now, like I'll say, I hear a lot of times from my invitation companies, they get the calls later, right? Like they'll get the yeah. calls, you know, because you know, you don't need an invitation if you haven't even booked your venue, right? You don't right. know what you're invited to. So it depends where you are in the food chain, but that would be my number one thing is have it all set up and ready to go and ready to roll out. I'd say that would be one, two would be, go over all your, anything you offered, your pricing, your promotions, you know, right now, while you still remember, did it work? Because I hear that a lot too. um, Our show is every six months. So six months have gone by and they're like, what did I do last time? Did it work? Did I like it? You you know, like if you don't have, I I used to call them in the magazine industry, a postmortem. I don't know if y'all use that term, but we have a postmortem Um, we have a huge postmortem, of course, for our show, as far as like, you know, running it, you should have a postmortem for your booth. Uh What did I like about the decor? What did I think about this? Where did I order that? So if I want to order, you know, again, let's remember too, we have new couples every, every six months. So if you have a booth that works, you don't have to reinvent the wheel every six months, but you do (laughs) need to remember where you got it, who you ordered it from, how it's (laughs) going to come back. So do a postmortem now, write everything down so that, you know, you just kind of have it and then I always suggest boxing everything up and like, that's your show box. And there it, it is. is. And so you can start putting things in your show box for the next show as soon as it, as it happens. So Ooh, I I'm so excited I knocked you out of my ear.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love that idea. I'm a big proponent of the show box and the show box being anything you possibly, I also put in my show box, anything that someone else asked me if I had one. Ooh, so maybe I don't really use scissors or um, a stapler or things like that, but I put it all in the box. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I put a gaff tape. I don't use gaff tape. I don't, but people ask me for it all the time. So I can then be a resource for them.
2: And Vanessa, you need to get back to your mastermind question. That's also one of the slides we have in the mastermind that people almost loved the most was here's our master checklist of every single thing we think you need to bring to set up your booth. And I had people go, wow, I thought I was good. I forgot that, that, you know, because it depends what type of brain they have, what type of person they are. Like they either loved that list or thought I was crazy.
1: (laughs) I am a very organized person. I'm a list maker. I'm a color coordinate person. So this all is like, oh, it speaks to my heart.
0: Well, and we haven't really dug into it too much in the podcast, but I just spoke at Wedding MBA about being an influencer in your market. And I think that um, this is when we talk passive income, you would be amazed how many times somebody sees what cart I use and say, oh my God, where'd you get that cart? Oh my God, where'd you get that cocktail table? Mm-hmm. And I send them all to my Amazon affiliate. And when they buy it from Amazon, I get paid. hmm So, it's a good way to like when you have those things and you've built that and you're finding success in it, you know, put together a little list of the things that you do legit use and love and share it passive income wherever we can find it. I'm a big fan.
1: I like it. I'm a big fan.
0: Well, before we end our episode with swag, Lorette, where can people learn more about you, your wedding show? Where where should they come follow you and learn about you?
2: So I always believe the best place is bridal extrapaganza.com because that's the one we always make sure has everything and everything trickles from there, right? So of course Instagram is also Bridal Extrapaganza. That's where we're the most active. And we're still pretty active on Facebook because people are still on Facebook. Yeah. I did start a TikTok. <laughs> I heard your comment on TikTok and that <laughs> I did start one. And and honestly, if you see a bunch of cute people on there doing things, those are my interns because they're fabulous. And um, I'm enjoying watching TikTok more than I'm like totally getting into. But we make a ton of TikToks at our show because I mean, yeah. that, oh, that's, yeah. like, that's a TikTok yeah. haven. Yes, for sure. I would imagine but probably so. Instagram is, is always, you know, the most up to date, the most current and where we really love to live. And I feel strongly about social media that you can't be everywhere. So pick where you want to be and just be really good there.
1: I agree with that. Well, this is time for our episode swag. So three action items to add to your list for the upcoming week. Shannon, you want to do yours first?
0: Um, yeah. So mine, I think if you're planning on doing wedding shows at the start of this next year for your next show, I've kind of hit on it in the past, but I do think what Lorette said about tracking your success and having some form of spreadsheet, we talked about this in the wedding expo, doing the post mortem: what did you buy? What did you like? What did you not like? How many leads did you get? How much leads did you book and whatever? If you don't track it, it's very easy to say that show wasn't successful, but maybe three months down the road you get a lead that says they saw you at the show you have to be tracking that somewhere and I like having a show tracking sheet so I think tracking your success is a big one if you're going to go into it go into it ready
1: yes mine would be stop overthinking your decor start thinking of basic signage start thinking of your informational pamphlets or information on your products and the show box. So I think that all ties in together. When you create your show box, make sure that you not only have your decor in there, but you're not pushing things that aren't necessarily what you specialize in and make sure that you have the basic signage and you have the cards or the menus or the pamphlets, whatever it may be inside that show box. So that was one of my top ones.
0: I, okay, I have got your last piece of swag. Uh, We're gonna take the tip we're going to take the tip, and unless has got one more, but we're going to take the tip where Lorette said about teaching couples and that the seminar and how successful the seminar was and think within your booth, the level of overwhelm of people coming to a show. How can you, within your booth specifically, how can you lessen the overwhelm? How can you simplify their process, their learning about what you do, How whether it's a one page, the stuff you're giving out, you know they're overwhelmed, it's clear we know it so how can you create your booth and your marketing and your follow-up emails and stuff in a way that lessens the overwhelm that was my big wow that is that's like a that's a that's a challenge wow
2: that yeah, was one of
1: so you, you yes. you good.
0: <laughs> I was like how do you listen I wrote realm? it down even in the emails after the fact how can we simplify the things we do we know what we're doing because we're wedding professionals but how can we simplify it in a way for your category that they're like oh, that's easy. Here's, here's the three things you should do when looking for a cake. I mean, as basic as it can be, how do you simplify the system down yes. and teach them? I love that one.
1: I love that one too. I know. If you feel like this podcast helped your business, got you thinking, or it made you laugh,
0: follow subscribe share it with a friend and tell them if they're in the houston market all about the bridal extravaganza, extravaganza. every time, every it'll, time. Never be
1: said, it'll never um, be said normal ever nope, again never, <laughs> never.
2: Oh. well y'all are awesome this was super fun
1: uh-huh. thank you so much thank you for being here we really appreciate it i love i got i took a whole page of notes <laughs>
0: I know I was, I was my, my sad little, she is, she's sad, but I loaded up. I'm like, Ooh, I need to do more of that. And I think it's important having people who walk the walk the walk and not just talk the talk and what you have been able to build there. I know I was very blessed to meet you through the Bridal Show Producers International Group, but I think that it is something that not only will it help the information we've shared today, it'll help the people who participate. But if I was a show producer, I would be taking freaking notes about some of what's happening and the success you see from some of the other shows.
2: Well, thank you. I appreciate that. We're always trying to keep it going, push the envelope, try new things because we can try new things too. And we can see how the couples react, right? It's not just our vendors. We
0: all can. So it's so fun. So stay tuned for our upcoming episodes.
1: We are talking goal setting this month.
0: Yes, we are going off of shows and on to starting the year off with success and we will start the month by diving into categorizing those goals into something that become makes it a little more manageable
1: yes now go and make epic shit happen boom (laughs) (laughs) thank you for joining us thank you miss Lorette. thank Thank you you so much nice to meet you vanessa good to see you again yeah it's
2: awesome